Hello and welcome to the Green Pole Podcast. Tonight we will be discussing another Fulham victory on the road and another clean sheet. I'm delighted to be joined by Green Pole regulars, Kieran Thibault. How are you doing, Kieran? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just rest assured there'll be no fines being flung around tonight, um, so you're safe um, for one more podcast anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm also joined by Thomas. How are you doing, Tom? Yep, all good, gents. Uh, glad to be back. Let's uh, let's get stuck in. Yes, lovely. Let's do it. Right. So last night saw us win again. Uh, that's three wins from three now. That's two consecutive clean sheets on the road. Another Mitrovic goal. It's getting a bit boring now, isn't it? Um, back above the uh, bus stop in Hounslow, above the uh, horrible lot down the road. Kieran, okay. I'll start. I'll start with you. Um, sum up the festive period as a whole and if someone would have said to you nine points before a ball was kicked against Palace would you have been would you have believed them first oh, I probably wouldn't have believed it um, one could say it's a Christmas miracle really um, but I've been really impressed with how we've done over the last three games um, obviously Palace a bit of an easier game amid the red cards um, but we've pushed on well with the momentum got a scrappy win against Southampton which is is brilliant considering they've just lost and they're in they're in pretty good, pretty bad form under Nathan Jones. Um, and of course, yesterday, unbelievable. Um, really, really proud of this team um, to score an early goal um, in a Premier League game, which we don't do that often. Um, and it's usually it's usually more we usually add more, but to hold a one 0 lead for the majority of a game, um, we defended. Obviously, it was a mixture of, def- of defense and a bit of luck as well, um, with Leicester missing some sitters and probably not doing as well as they could um, um, amid amid the onslaught they did um, throw at our defence but we, we held up really well really happy with how we did um, we came away with I think a deserved three another three points to add to the tally which has us looking in, in brilliant a brilliant place going into this um, the next couple of tough fixtures so yeah really happy with how it's gone and we can hope for more in the next couple of games That'd be nice. I think last last night and and Southampton, if you want to include it, showed a different side to to Marco Silva and the team in general. You know, normally you associate Fulham and Marco Silva as expansive, as exciting, as on the front foot, just brushing teams aside. But last night we showed that dogged spirit, which you know some people may have questioned: Do we have that in the locker? And I think every man last night that played proved that. You know, we're a force to be reckoned with this season. Um, and who would have thought that before a ball was kicked against Liverpool? Um, Thomas, sum up the uh, Christmas period. Yeah, I mean, Kieran's hit the nail on the head, really. It's uh, it's a bit of a Christmas miracle, isn't it? Um, we went into it off the back of those two narrow defeats against the Manchester clubs. And I think the, the break for the World Cup has been a bit of a blessing for us, to be honest, because... What I see this Fulham side after the World Cup is you, we're not conceding as many goals. We, we've got two clean sheets. It seems like we've actually gone to another level in terms of being able to be gritty as well as expansive. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you just you just hope that now we can take that forward into the into the fixtures we've got coming up because, you know, on paper, they're tough fixtures, but they're against teams that are, you know, struggling a little bit like Chelsea and and Spurs. I know Spurs have just won tonight, but I think we've got a really good opportunity to go 
even better. I know it sounds silly because we're seventh place and, you know, we should be happy with that. But honestly, I think that we can go into those fixtures knowing now we've got the buffer of the nine points we've just picked up. Like, you know, there's nothing to lose. Just go for it and see what we get out of those fixtures. So, yeah, I think the festive period has really set us up for for an exciting next few few fixtures, to be honest. It, it also relieves a bit of pressure as well, doesn't it? Because if you look at those yeah. next four league games, you've got that lot down the road twice. You have Tottenham and you have Newcastle. You know, Tottenham and Newcastle were... Well, Newcastle were flying. Uh, Tottenham seemed to be doing all right tonight. Um, yeah. And we'll obviously get top four this season. The other yeah. lot down the road is struggling, which is always good to see. Just to add to Thomas's point there, the way I see it is... Um... We've obviously had the start of the, the official start of this season up until the World Cup, which we've we've done well. We've got our results and we've um we've tested the waters a little bit in terms of the, with the big clubs, and then it's almost the World Cup break has almost acted as like a second start to the season where we we've now looked at looked back over the first half, seen where we've gone wrong, and as Thomas said, stepped it up a level in terms of defending well. Um, moving the ball forwards and and getting the goals we need really and um, putting in some good results um, amid like semi bad decisions not bad decisions semi bad performances so um, yeah it's it's been a revelation really um, uh, so just to comment a bit of last night if you'd have listened to the previous pod and um, we did mention it was uh, the referee's first Premier League game. And he does average four cards a game. So if you did get on the over 3.5 cards, well done. But as I said, we don't inside gambling. Um, but <laughs> I want to talk about the ref just for a minute. I don't like doing it um, because it's a, a very grey area, if you like. You know, we've won. We don't want to then start criticising the ref. But for me, his, the first half, I thought he, he had a great game. Uh, second half, he seemed to lose control a little bit. Um, I know Mitrovic got booked for dissent, which means he misses the Chelsea game, which is unfortunate. Um, but we will get on to... We'll touch on the Chelsea game just briefly um, because we want to touch on Vinicius, who will be playing that game more than likely. Um, but, Kieran, if you can, sum up the ref's performance because, yeah, it was very... Uh, <laughs> it was chalk and cheese that first and second half. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you, as you said, um, the first half seemed to be pretty good, um, pretty open game. I think once we scored, the the um, the game was quite open with Leicester having a lot of chances. And obviously, the second half um, we were we were holding on, meaning um, we were a bit more cagey. It, the game was a bit more cagey, and we were a bit more um, tenacious with our tackles. Um, as particular, obviously, Pelina he loves tackles, so can't really fault him there. Um, so obviously the ref was given out quite a few cards. Um, how many? Do you know how many it was in total we gave out throughout the game? Um, it's about nine, wasn't it? <laughs> probably. Um, so it's something quite ridiculous. But um, of course, some of the decision, some of the yellow cards were maybe a little bit, a little bit soft. Um, particularly Mitrovic's his dive. I'm fairly sure he was fouled. Um, from what I saw, wasn't he tripped by? Um, I think it was Voot Phase, was it? I can't remember. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I think overall we can't really. Of course, we've won. I don't want to criti- criticize the ref too much because at the end of the day, he's only being he's only doing what he's been taught to do. So um, I guess if he's seen something we haven't seen, then yeah, it, it's his decision. But um, yeah, some of the decisions are a bit soft. But at the end of the day, yeah, it didn't affect the result in the end. Now the Mitrovic booking. 
Thomas, I'm going to ask you. So he's obviously he got cleaned out at the start. I think was it from Amate or Indeedy? He got his ankle stamped. Indeedy, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Indeedy. Now there was no booking for that. I don't think, um, and I'm pretty sure that was the worst tackle of the lot. Um, with the Mitrovic yellow card, what annoys me most is the fact that he didn't foul the player at all. <laughs> and not only did they get the free kick from it, Mitrovic gets booked and then gets banned. Uh, Thomas, how poor was that ref in the second half? I think he just lost the game in the second half, to be honest. I think um, with the way Leicester are attacking and... Uh, the fans were getting on his back, especially after the, I think it was Harrison Reed went down with the head injury. The fans just started to get on his back a bit. And I think that he just kind of lost it a bit there. And almost every challenge that a Fulham player made ended up being a booking. But yeah, like you say, the, the indeed he won in the first half. And then he, I think he did it again in the second half on the same ankle. Uh, again, nothing. And then I think Mitrovic is, uh, he showed him the yellow card. And then from what I remember, he was like pointing around the pitch as if it was a totting up thing. But I don't actually remember Mitrovic making too many fouls around the pitch. But I think he, yeah, to be honest, I just think he, you know, he was a bit out of his depth. It was his first Premier League game. And I think he he lost control of the match, to be honest. Um, Fulham, they did make a few tactical fouls, let's say, like Tom Kearney's. That was a tactical foul. And I think... Good foul, that. Very good foul, yeah. The Leicester fans got got on his back because the advantage could have been played. And I think that's where he was out of his depth, to be honest, because there were a couple of opportunities where they could have broken after we made a tackle. And then they weren't happy about all the head injuries. But I mean, if you've seen all of all of those head injuries, they're all head injuries. Yeah. He just doesn't see he just doesn't see them quickly enough. I think the Tete one, he's down for a good minute before the referee yeah. turns around and goes, Oh, buddy, oh, he's down. Yeah. Um it's it's about I think for him it's about learning to to see the game more like not be focused on where the ball is and just like keep looking around but I don't know I don't know the ref I don't I don't really know him as a referee either I know he's done the championship quite a lot but I don't think he's 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 going to be back in the Premier League for for a while yet I don't think he's ready to be honest yeah but that that Tessie one um. I think when he when there was a clash of heads, I think it was him and was it Barnes? Uh, we Barnes. we we was actually on the attack, I think, um, and they let him play on, and obviously never came to anything. But yeah, it was it was grim watching <clears throat> towards the end. Uh, but you know, we did what we had to do. But at one stage, I was sitting there thinking, right, we need to time waste. But who can we get to time waste? Because it seemed as if at one stage, <laughs> every player in a white shirt was on a yellow card. Um, next one to get a yellow time wasting. Yeah, I think that one was probably deserved because I think he did take about a good sixty seconds to yeah to, just, kick just it. to round off the the proper man of the match performance with him as well. Yeah, see, so you've you've ruined my next question there, Kieran. Sorry. Thanks for that. Ask <laughs> the question and then I'll make that comment again. Right, just for that, you can you can wait a minute, Kieran. Sorry, Thomas. Um, just so we can surprise the uh, the listeners, who was your man of the match last night? Well, I think there's a case for a few of them. I think uh, Kenny Tete has to go in for a mention because um, some great last ditch tackles. He's a he's a brilliant one on one defender. When he's fit, he's right up there as one of the best right backs in the Premier League, in my opinion. Um, 
And yeah, he's consistent. When he plays, he always gives 100%. He always makes the right challenge. I think, you know, he's he's brilliant. Uh, another one, I think, Tosin, because every ball they stuck in the box in the second half, his head was there. He was heading it away every single time. So I think he deserves a mention because he came back in, obviously, after a few games out um, with Diop coming in for him and doing well. I think he's he's definitely staked the claim. And I hope that those two continue to push each other. Um, I thought Anthony Robinson got us up the pitch quite quite well in the second half when he got the ball. He, he just basically knocked it past him and chased it down. Um, but yeah, I think obviously the main man was Leno. Some some brilliant saves, commanded the area brilliantly, and uh, yeah, for you know just every time you see him play, he just seems to get better and better. He seems to have found a home as well at Fulham. I think he's he's mentioned it a couple of times now that he he feels at home. He feels wanted, so um, yeah, we've we found ourselves a brilliant goalkeeper who is you know, not on loan, so you know people Bonus. can fall in love with him, and hopefully he'll stick around for many years. And yeah, Len, you know, Leno deserves many of the match, some great saves, and yeah, brilliant, fantastic performance. Kieran, oh sorry, what are you going to say? No, no, please go. Oh, I was just going to agree with Thomas, really. Um, some brilliant, obviously, some brilliant performances all around the pitch. Um, obviously, the players that Tom highlighted there were were immaculate. Um, but, of course, Leno, he gets my man of the match, probably his best um, performance in a Fulham shirt um, since he's joined in, since he joined in the summer. Um, and I think, as, as Tom said, he just keeps getting better and better, really. Um, he made some amazing saves. Um, there were multiple multiple occasions where Leicester could have um, equalised, and he he kept kept them at bay. Really, um, I think one of the I think the the Harvey Barnes chance where he tried to chip him, that is just ridiculous reactions. Really, it, the ball could have gone anywhere, but um, yeah, brilliant reaction from Leno to make sure he he got up and stopped that. Um, so yeah, Leno's my man of the match um, because <laughs> yeah, just amazing. <laughs> I think my favourite one of the lot was I can't remember. I think it was Vardy had a shot, and he got down really quick to his right and sort of tipped it round for a corner. Uh, but yeah, yeah it was Perez, wasn't it? Perez was it Perez? Perez? That's the one. Yeah, tried to reverse it from the edge of the area, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, uh, but we did ride our luck. Um, I think Tillemans then he hit the post, the crossbar. Oh, I hit the uh, crossbar. Yeah, the volley. Yeah. And the thing is, the games like that, you're gonna need that bit of luck, aren't you? You're not gonna go ninety. 97, 98 minutes in the game and not really, you know, the team's going to have chances, they're going to have goal my faction. But I, last night, my, I just had this whole new sense of pride of this team. You know, we're talking about Burnt Leonard, who a few years ago was playing for Arsenal, titled as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League in Europe, if you like. Uh, for, but for me, I want to give a special mention to uh, Anthony Robinson. Uh, he has had a bit of a few critiques, I suppose, over the last 18 to 24 months uh, about his crossing a billion and everything else. But he seems to have taken his game to a whole new level this season. Uh, I, I, I think it was you, Thomas, mentioned it. Uh, the only way it look, we looked like getting out from the back last night was through him. He was the only one that was brave enough to get on the ball and go, right, I'm going to attack. Um, which is a nice outlet to have because throughout the second half, you think, well, there's no pace the only pace out that we really had was Robinson. 
Um, which is why I was a little bit surprised that Daniel Je- was James on the bench last night. I couldn't remember. I don't think he was. I think Solomon was on the bench. Solomon, instead was. Of James, yeah, yeah. So that that probably would would have been one of the perfect games for Daniel James to actually come on, um, where you needed that outlet, that difference that we didn't quite have when Harry Wilson came on. Um, but what have you made to Harry Wilson's return to action, Kieran? I'll start with you because we've not seen too much of him. No, um, not too much of him. Um, but he's he's definitely showing the potential he had last season. Um, obviously he had a brilliant chance to make it 2-0 yesterday. Unfortunately, he did miss. Um, but I think um seeing him in his little in in the cameos he's getting at the end of, towards the end of the game at the moment, I think it's good to see him back on the pitch after he had quite a lengthy injury. Um I'm sure he'll probably be starting against Hull City, which we'll get onto later. Um but I I I'm impressed that he's um he's come he's bounced back from his injury and I think um the more minutes he gets um and the better and the better he plays in in the sense that um in the sense of work working working with the first team and like starting games I think he'll get in some goals under his belt um and be back up to the to the same standard he was towards the end of last season yeah um, not saying he's dipped in form or anything but saying of course amid the injury um. It's taking its toll. Yeah, it was quite a serious injury as well, wasn't it? So, you know, we can't be sort of too harsh on him. Thomas, what have you made of uh, Harry Wilson's return to action? Yeah, I think it's been a, a bit stop-start for him, hasn't it? But um, I think that's mainly down to the fact that Willian has come in and Bobby Reed's form is is brilliant. So, like last season, if, if Wilson was out for a couple of games, he'd come straight back into the first team and he'd play 90 minutes and I think that having the other players there means that we can just bring him on for 10 minutes, bring him on for 20 minutes and slowly bring him back into the side rather than risking him. And I think we saw that as well with Solomon last night. He was on the bench, but we didn't we didn't risk him because we didn't need to really. Um, and I think that Harry Wilson, like Thibaut says, will, will get his place back on the right wing because he is he is a brilliant player. And when he cuts in off that off that right flank, players don't go with him he finds pockets of space and he'll he'll pick up he'll start to pick up the pace of the game and he'll he'll link up with Mitrovic like he did last season i think towards the end of this season he'll he'll have his place back and uh, yeah he'll be he'll be a premier league player because he he's got the he's got the quality he's got the ability and i just think that he's he's slowly making his way back rather than being rushed back which is is a good thing because it shows we've got depth in those positions yeah, and the depth is going to give Marco Silva a massive headache. Um, what with uh, Solomon returning? Now, if he's as good as people think he is, there's going to be some uh, unhappy players on that bench. Because William at the moment is undroppable. Uh, I think in nine starting appearances, we won six, drawn two and lost one. I think I read that earlier. Um, he, You can't drop William. Uh, so you're looking at the other flank where if you bring Wilson back or you play Solomon... But Solomon likes that left flank as well, doesn't he? So, yeah, it's a good headache to have. Good competition for places. Um, and we just don't need any more behind closed door friendlies, please. No. Um, <laughs> so tonight we're going to do something a bit different. Um, we're going to combine the two pods into one. Because we the Christmas period, there has been a lot of podcasts, which some people may struggle to catch up on. So we're going to do the whole preview at the same time. Um 
So might as well, might as well do the introduction again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we ain't got time for that too, but we'll just we'll, we'll just carry on through. We'll just blag it as we go along. Um, so Hull is up next. Uh, it gives Michael Silver a chance to rotate. Gives players like Mitrovic to rest up, nurse that injury, um, as well as give players well, time for players like Solomon Wilson um, and a few others. Kieran, what changes do you think Michael Silva will make for the trip to Hull on Saturday? Um, I think he'll make quite a few changes. Obviously, Hull City, um, FA Cup. Um, I'm pretty sure he. I'm fairly sure he'll be taking the FA Cup quite seriously because obviously it's been a while since we've um, had a, a, a we've won one of these competitions. Um, so I, obviously, I think we'll see obviously a lot of changes in terms of the second team being played. For example, Rodak will get some minutes. Um, I can see a different defence um, in terms of Mbappé perhaps and Kazawa perhaps starting at full back. Um, I think Ream um, will keep his place at centre back, um, maybe uh, along with Tosin or um, or Diop, depending on. I, I don't really know. Um, and then I think midfield. Um, I think Polina might benched. Um, obviously rest him up because he's a pretty key player and we can't afford to um, have him injured against Hull, especially Hull City. Um, so I think we'll see a bit, a bit of a different midfield. Um, and I think obviously Vinicius will start up front um, to give him a, a warm-up um, before we play. Um, is it that lot over the road or the bus stop in Hounslow? Which one is it? It's the uh, one down the road. Okay, the, uh, the, the horrible lot down the road. The horrible um, lot down the road. <laughs> <laughs> It, it just sounds so much better. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the bus um, stop in Hounslow were the uh, the other irrelevant ones, and, and avoiding fines as well. So, well, anyway. Thomas has already hacked up one. I've not mentioned it, but I've taken note for Dan Crawford for when he um <laughs> when he asks. I think, as you said earlier, Alan, I think we'll see Solomon play on the wing, um, or at least get some minutes in this game. Um, and I'm fancying quite a lot of the um the youth players, the under twenty ones to be on the bench as well. Luke Harris, um, I think a few others as well. I can't remember what their names are. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see a lot of um youth players and I think many of the current first team will be on the bench. Yeah, for emergencies. Um Thomas, what changes does Marco Silva make? I think we'll see a lot of changes as well, to be honest. Um Slightly different to Tibbo. I think maybe Bobby Reed might play in the 10. Um, we'll see Wilson and maybe Dan James start. I still don't think Solomon will start. Um, I think the back four, we'll see Kazara and Babu. We'll see Rodak. I do think we'll see Tosin and Diop, to be honest. I think Reem has deserved a little bit of a break as well. So I think he might get a break. And I think Kearney will come in and take the armband. Um, probably Chalaba alongside him. Yeah, but yeah, just you know, it's similar to Thibaut. We'll see. I think we'll see quite a few changes. Um, but I do also think that Marco Silva will take it seriously. The only thing that concerns me is that obviously there's a former Fulham player in the whole side that we all very much love. So um, let's hope he doesn't come back to haunt us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's written on the cards, isn't it? He's gonna do something yeah, special. It's just one of those things. <laughs> None of you have mentioned Shane Duffy. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, how, 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 his, how much he's featured for us this, this season, I guess. Well, this is it. Although I'd like to see a lot of changes, 
I don't think Marco Silva will change them all purely because he was bitten by Crawley in the uh, Carabao yeah. Cup earlier in the season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw... See, the Mitrovic one is, is a difficult one because as you both quite meant, well, rightly mentioned is that Vinicius is playing against Chelsea. So does he risk playing Vinicius against Hull and risk him getting an injury? So then we go into the Chelsea game without a recognised striker. Oh, um, so there's a few things to consider here. Uh, I do think Chalaba plays with Kearney. Um, I think Diop will probably play alongside Duffy, Kazawa and Babu, unfortunately. Um, Rodak. I, I'd like to see Solomon start. I think I think he will. And I think he'll get taken off early. Um it's a perfect chance for Harry Wilson to get 90 minutes under his belt. So we're still going to be strong, but I don't think we'll be as strong as, you know, he was last night, for instance. Yeah. Um, it, sh- it shows you the, the depth we've got in certain areas, though, doesn't it? Really, you think about it with Kearney coming in, with the wingers coming in, full-backs, centre-backs. It's, you know, they're, they're all players that have got pedigree behind them. All right, and Babu's not done great. Duffy hasn't played much, but he's a proven Premier League defender. You know, it's it shows the depth we do have, and it, it can only be it can only be a good thing as well. Can um, we have a, a pretty good record against Hull in recent years? Surely we must be confident of progressing to the next round. Or does does this or does it have banana skin written all over it? Kieran, I'll start with you. It has an element. I think it has an element of banana skin around it, but I think I do see for them progressing. Um, of course, Hull will want to come out fighting. It's a Premier League club. They any sort of upset in a cup competition is 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 exciting. Um, so they'll they'll want to bring an exciting game. Um, so I think they will, obviously. I don't. I'm not sure whether they'll start their their first team, but they'll certainly put players on, which will cause us problems or try and cause us problems. Um, but fingers crossed, we get through it and. Um, we we I, I can definitely see us progressing. Um just to then probably be drawn to Man City in the next round as we typically do <laughs> competitions, um, which is one of the worst bits of luck we've had over recent years. Yeah, the annual trip to uh the annual yes, you had just to cry on the way home. Yeah. We've already had that this season. We don't want to do it again. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, Thomas, you must we must Go into the game with so much confidence, and are you confident that this should be a foregone conclusion? I personally, I think with the amount of changes we're going to make, I think we'll start slow, but I think we'll come through the tie. Um, like Thibaut says, I just think there's an element of banana skin if we're not at it, if the players that come in aren't at it. I think Liam Rossinha will have them fired up. You know, obviously he's a former Fulham man as well. Um, Seri will want to prove a point I'm sure want to show everyone what they're missing and you know they've got I think is it Turkish back in now or something they've got some decent players in there I think they've got Ozan Tufan who's a decent player and they've got um, that striker that I can't remember his name but he's he's scored a few goals for them this season he come from the Turkish league as well so you know if we're not 100% at it if the players that come in aren't 100% at it it could be a long day but I'm hoping with this Fulham, with Marco Silva in charge, that we can progress quite comfortably on the day. So, 
Just to be a bit pessimistic, not pessimistic, cautious is probably the best word to use here. Does a cup run have any danger of hindering our progress in the Premier League? Yes, we're currently sitting seventh, 14 points of the relegation zone. And it's mad I'm even mentioning that after the start we've had. Um, But do you think a cup run could then have a negative effect on the Premier League campaign as a whole? Or do you think the squad's big enough to be able to cope with both competitions? Kieran, I'll start with you. You're giving me a headache here because I'm still trying to think of an answer. Um, that's a very, very good question. Um, it's a difficult uh, so, one, isn't it? Because in previous yeah, Premier League campaigns, we would have said, nah, do you know what, just focus on the cup. Mm. So we're down anyway. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think we definitely have the depth now. Um, obviously, January, I think we'll add a few more additions hopefully in the areas we need um I, I think it all comes down to how how our second team or how the team marco silva puts out on saturday performs really um because of course it is our b team or it will it will be somewhat our b team um and of course if they're going to be playing well then i definitely see no no problems with um with hindering our progress because the first team would be um almost well i say separate it would be it would be a lot different to what the B team would look like. Um, but I think it, it really does depend on who's playing and who we have, really. Um, of course, if we have fairly easier teams, it might be a bit of an easier run than than having a Premier League side in the next round, really. But um, in terms of it hindering our progress, um, I'm not really sure on that one, to, go, to be honest. Um, I don't really have a definite answer of whether it will or not, but... Um, it's not as a, it's not a big enough comp- it's not as a big competition such as a European competition, um, so I don't don't think it would hinder our pro- progress. Um, it's a good question. You, yeah, you've you've hurt my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tibbo, I do apologise. Right, we're, we're still going. <laughs> Tom, what do you think? Does the cup run hinder our Premier League campaign? It depends on what you consider progress. Um, I think progress for Fulham this season was staying up. So yeah, if if staying up is still the target, then a cup run can only benefit that, in my opinion, because we've got the buffer. And a cup run will bring even more morale to the team, uh, even more buzz around the place. Um, so I can't see any reason why we wouldn't go for a cup run personally and I don't see how it does hinder progress but if you say if we have changed our objectives this season and changed it to trying to get into Europe then from that aspect of it in terms of injuries in terms of squad depth in certain areas yes it could hinder our progress so it depends how you're looking at progress really it depends whether you're looking at it as in we're going for Europe or whether you're looking at it as in staying in the Premier League. In my opinion, it's still staying in the Premier League, so I don't see any reason why we don't go on cup run and give it our all and try and get to get to the FA Cup final. Yeah, see, this uh, talk of Europe is making me feel slightly uncomfortable. I was about um, to say, <laughs> I mean, you have been the same sentence. <laughs> and, that, and that's purely because I'm just, exp- I'm just waiting for something to go wrong. And that's just the pessimistic Fulham way isn't it 
it's that's just you. Yeah, <laughs> is that just me? I think so, yeah. I think I, we're all waiting for it to blow up, aren't we? But I don't think it will because it's Marco Silva's team. And from what I've seen so far, I just every time we go, oh, it's going to blow up or oh, we, we, we'd normally have lost that game or we'd have sat back in that game, they always prove us wrong. So this season I'm going with they're going to prove us wrong. I love that. But it's actually an interesting point you make. At what point in the season do does our objectives change? Does our focus then shift from surviving to then finishing top 10? Um, I, I wonder if Marco Silva and his team are sort of having that conversation now or they're just going to put it off and just sort of take it game by game. Um, well, I, but, I, I, sorry, I personally think that we'll get an indication of that in the January transfer window. If yeah. the Khan's back yeah. him and we see three or four signings come in for decent money, then we know that they're thinking, right, we're staying up. Let's take a risk. Let's take a financial risk. Because um, obviously we are up against the FFP-wise if we were to go down again. But if the Khan's are backing him and going, right, we are going to stay up and we see these signings come in in January, who knows? We may push for Europe. Who knows? Mm, definitely. I, I, I also think- definitely Oh, sorry. Who was going to speak now? That's all right. You carry on, mate. Uh, I think it also depends on um, how we're doing. Come, come. Once we've reached the, um, is it the forty mark, the forty point mark, which is guaranteed safety or something? Because I think once we reach that point, um, however long it takes, whether it's in um, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking probably around March or April time, really, um, until we're like almost guaranteed safety. I think at that point, we're thinking, depending on where we are in the table. Um, I'm assuming we'll probably be somewhere around the middle slash top half. Um, I think then we then we're like okay, um, last couple of games we're now staying up. We haven't got anything to lose. Let's go for it. Um, so I, I yeah, really depends on how we're doing. I think yeah, because our last sort of six to eight games don't look. It doesn't really look too intimidating either. I think it's only sort Man of United game on the last get on the last day could could end up being a massive blockbuster, really. Because if Man United are wanting to push for Champions League, and we're wanting to push for Europe, they could either us either of us could alter each other's plans, really. Yeah, it could be fight for the fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. <laughs> but I know some people listening to this are going to be, you know, thinking, "Well, why on earth are you talking about relegation?" Um, and they're probably right, but we we have to try and keep it as you know balanced as possible. Now sitting here in seventh place, I'm fairly confident we're going to finish top twelve this season. Keeping um, our feet on the ground, one would say. Well, that's it. It is erring on the uh, side of caution, um, and that's purely because the last two attempts in the Premier League have backfired massively. Um, so it's good to look ahead. It's good to be excited. It's good to ride this wave. Um, but you know we can't get too high when it's going well and too down when it's not going so well. So we're just trying to keep it balanced as much as possible. Exactly. Um, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask you both for a score prediction for Saturday because we always give score predictions for uh, for games and we can see how j- just how wrong we always are. Uh, so uh, Tibber, score prediction. Unlike other weeks, I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week. Um, Two 0 for them. Two and your foot. Take that. Uh, Thomas? Uh, three one. Three one. Yeah. So you're going to ruin the you know, the three clean sheets on the road in a row? I think it will be the change of goalkeeper and the change of defence, which will um, 
the change of team, which or not the defense, just the change of team, which will um, alter our clean sheet progress. But um, I think once we return to action against the, um, the, the that lot down the road, I think we'll be back on the clean sheet street. <laughs> yeah, see those fines you weren't the other night, Tibbo, have gone now. Don't worry. Yeah, I've got a go. good word for you. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but before we wrap up, um, I do want to mention one player. We briefly spoke about this before we actually started recording, and that's Vinicius. Now, he has come under a fair bit of criticism. Um, I think slightly unwarranted. Warranted. I don't think he's been able to to show off what he can do too much. Um, I know he what was it. I think he started the West Ham game in the Premier League, and was it the Everton game? What he is, started the he started a few now. Man United, Man United and City as well. Yeah, oh, so the Man City game we can sort of brush to one side for one minute because we didn't really have much of the ball, so it was hard for him to have too much of an impact. Now, we did speak about it a minute ago. If he is to play on Saturday, that is going to be his prep for next Thursday. Uh, Kieran, do you think the criticism is unwarranted and can he make that impact instead of Mitrovic for Chelsea at home? I said I've oh. got a fine there. That lot down the road at home. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You just avoided the fine there. Um, I can see why he's getting criticism. Of course, he's had he hasn't had the best of starts to life at Fulham. It's been a bit slow. Um, it's not his fault, of course. Um, it's half confidence, half unexperienced. And I mean, he had a pretty he had a season with Tottenham, but that wasn't the most successful. Um, so I can see why he's getting criticism, but at the same time, obviously we he scored during a friendly with West Ham before we came back after the World Cup. Um, so of course a goal under his belt means he has got a boost in confidence, and I think he performed really well in that game. Um, and he really showed what he can bring to the team. So I think Marco's been working quite close with him during the World Cup break. Um, over over what he can do and what he what he can bring to the team, get the best out of him. Um, of course, we haven't seen him feature since. Um, did he come on? Has he has he come on for Mitrovic at all um, at the end of games? I think he has. In, in some uh, of the Southampton game, wasn't it? Southampton game, he came on. In was the, Southampton? It was no, one. I of don't the, think he did. Uh, Palace, Palace, he came on. Palace, oh, Palace yeah, that yeah. was it. Um, so I think obviously he's got some big boots to fill um, up against our local rivals as well. Um, it's quite a big game. Um, I think the fans know. It, I think the players know it. So. Um, I can see Vinicius doing well. Um, he's got some confidence under his belt. I don't. I don't see him scoring scoring many or is bringing as much as Mitrovic would. Um, fingers crossed, he can get a goal because obviously um, we do. We have we have got other sources of goals, and I think we'll definitely get a few goals in that game. Um, that's a different story. We'll cover that on a different podcast. Um, but I think I think he will perform to the standard that he was performing against West Ham in the friendly, hopefully. I hope you're right. Thomas, come on, give us some confidence that Vinicius is going to be man of the match against them, not down the road. And he's he's just going to win us the game. I mean, yeah, like Timo says, the West Ham game, I think Marco's worked with him quite a lot during the World Cup. You saw his hold-up play was a lot better. The ball was sticking with him. Um, Obviously got the goal great header, brilliant ball by Tete. So his movement was a lot better in the game. Um, but, uh, some, of, some of the criticism he's getting and, you know, people saying that they'd rather put Leno up front or Duffy up front. It's just it's crazy, really, because 
people need to take their Mitrovic hat off here. Mitrovic is a world-class striker and we are blessed to have him in the team. There are so many other teams around the world that would love to have a player like him. But when you look at backup, Tottenham's backup to Harry Kane, who's that? They don't have one. You know, you've you've asked this guy to come in and play backup to this brilliant striker and he's coming in and every game he gives his best. Mm-hmm. People need to take their Mitrovic hat off and realise that he's not Mitrovic. He plays differently. He's not as good, but he's given his best. And we need to get behind him and we need to give him the confidence to go and perform to the best of his ability. Because if he performs the way he did against West Ham and in, at times against Manchester United, I think that he can be an asset to the team without doubt. Because he's he's got a close bond with Pereira and Willian and all the Portuguese speaking lads, and yeah, I think I think that the criticism is unfair to be honest, and I think that he he can come good. We just need to give him a bit of confidence and give him a bit of game time. Because when you come in, you stop start, you stop start, you're going to lash at chances, and you're going it's going to play on your mind. That West Ham game, he knew he was the main man, and he performed. So if he knows that Saturday he's the main man and that's his chance to adhere himself to the fans, and he does, then going into Thursday, I don't want to see any criticism against his name, to be honest. I want him to I want people to back him. So would you play him? Just a very quick answer from you both. Would you play him against Hull? Would you yes, start 100%. him against Hull? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I would start him against Hull. And then obviously if if he gets injured. I'm hoping he doesn't. Obviously, we all hope he doesn't because he will be our target man for Chelsea. Um, then we go to a plan C, which, you know, Bobby Reed. I think the way you beat Chelsea, I know we're sort of looking too far ahead here, um, is with pace. I think that, you know, they're, they're as slow as anything at the back. Um, but I, ha- I, have to, I have confidence in Vinicius. I think you both mentioned him quite rightly. So is that friendly against West Ham. And yes, it was just a friendly you know, we can't get too sort of blinded by that. But he was good. He was better than he has been. Definitely. So I'm, I'm hoping that World Cup break, he has been in and around Mossberg Park with Marco Silva, Bermorte, a few others. And he ha- he's had time now to understand the way we play, what we expect from him. And Thomas, you mentioned, you made a good point about Mitrovic being world-class. Now, there's only really, you know, you could probably grab about five strikers in world football. <laughs> that's performing better than he has in the last 12 months. So I think we do need to be a bit more realistic in terms of a backup for Mitro. Um, and we, I think we could do a lot worse than having Vinicius as a backup because we don't have to water the way we play too much. Um, he's still a target man. He's still good in the air. Yes, he doesn't have the ability of Mitrovic, but we can utilise him slightly differently. But yeah. then, you're, then you're relying on players like Andreas, William, and whether that's Bobby Reed or Harry Wilson to be more central and sort of work off him rather than allowing him to drop too deep like Mitrovic does and then leave ourselves with nothing down the middle. Well, I mean, it, it was his hold-up play and his ball to Harry Wilson that won us the penalty against Man City. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You yeah. know, the, there have been points where he's been good. It's just not been as consistent as Mitrovic. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Now, I think we've we've covered pretty much everything. 
Um, my prediction for the whole game is a 2-0 victory, if anyone's interested. There you go. If not, I apologise. I must say, this festive period has been fantastic. Um, There has been various amounts of different podcasts, a lot to listen to. Um, We did mention in the last one that if any any of the listeners does have any feedback or anything they want us to discuss, anything they want us to do, please get in touch because we're always trying to find new ways of being different. We all do this for a bit of fun. Um, we don't take it too seriously, as I'm sure you can tell by some of the podcasts. <laughs> um, it's all about having a laugh and, and just following Fulham, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Kieran, Thomas, thank you again for joining me. Anytime. Uh, it's always great always to speak pleasure. to you too. Um, shame Dan couldn't be here tonight. I think he's washing his hair or something. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll be on again soon. Um I look forward to speaking to you on Sunday when we do the whole review um, and hopefully then we can talk about how amazing Vinicius was and calm down a lot of the nerves that some fans may have about it. Have a great rest of the week and come on you whites.